Hello and welcome into the Heat Check Sim Show. I'm the Real Sim Shady. I'm joined by my co-hosts, uh, Coach Dave from Lafayette and Coach Matt from Kennesaw State. And we are here for the Season 9 Live Bracket Reveal Show. Um, looking forward to bringing it, bringing it to the live audience and then, you know, posting it after the fact for those who can't make it. Um, coaches, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Doing great. Highlight, highlight of my day. <laughs> Highlight of the the heat check sim season, am I right? I mean, this is this is the big the big times. We got we got graphics uh, courtesy of Minnesota's head coach. He put put this great slide deck together for us. Um, so appreciate that from him. Um, yeah, this should be fun. We've got we've got conference tournament results. We've got bracketology following uh, those results, and then we've obviously got the bracket reveal and then some analysis on the bracket. Um, and then just as a head heads up to all the coaches that are listening live. Um, you know, if you, if you're interested in staying on, uh, for the duration of the call and, and commenting on your team and, uh, your, your, you know, path in the tournament or anything like that, uh, we'll be, we'll be, um, you know, having some coaches on at the end to kind of discuss their outlook and, and what they're thinking. So, um, yeah, stick around if you're interested in doing that or, or, you know, send us a note, let, let us know where you're interested in doing that. And, uh, we will, we'll do our best to get everyone on that wants to. Um, so with that being said, we're going to start off with the season nine conference tournament results. And at this point, I'm going to, um, turn it over to, um, coach Dave from Lafayette to, uh, to get us rolling on the conference tournaments. Sounds good. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. So we'll do what we did the last couple of times, which is, uh, provide a little context around each conference and what to look for. And then we'll go through the results try to go through quickly some of the ones where there's less activity or less coaches, but we will go ahead and get it started with the A-10 uh, Lafayette first undefeated regular season in A-10 history bubble teams all over the place, including a St. Joe's team that was preseason 18th best in the nation, but very much on the outside looking in with the current SOR of 72. Meantime, Mason and VCU are in a four or five matchup with bubble implications all over that in a Radford team that for the second straight year overachieved relative to their rating and getting a three seed in the tournament. So for the first round, Lafayette wins. VCU beats George Mason by 10. In the 3-6 matchup, Radford beats St. Joe's 70 to 64, possibly ending St. Joe's tournament hopes, and St. Louis wins. In the semis, Lafayette loses to VCU 67-62 ending my team's perfect run in the tourney and possibly costing me a shot at a one seed. So not the result I was looking for. Three seed Radford beats two seed St. Louis, setting up a finals rematch from S8 VCU versus Radford in the conference tournament final. And history does repeat itself with VCU claiming the title, winning three games in three days and leaving no doubt getting themselves off the bubble watch and getting the auto bid 72 to 61. Wow, Matt, what do you got here as far as the uh, bubble implications? Wow is right with VCU. It just, it seems like VCU um, every year that they get into the tournament, you know, no one's really talking about them and then they make a run. I want to say this is like their fifth tournament championship. I mean, it's just, it's insane what they do. Um, when it comes to bubble watch there, I think that obviously VCU is going to be in. I think that Radford making it to the final is going to, should secure them a spot. 
George Mason's going to be, that's going to be, they're going to be right there on the cut line. I think that's that, that loss. I mean, it could have been worse. You know, VCU did go on to win the conference tournament. So will that maybe bump VCU's SOR up to enough to get George Mason in the tournament? St. Joe's, I think they're out. I don't think 72 and a loss is good enough to get in. Yeah, that was a surprising result and a disappointing season. But as we all know, with St. Joe's, they are reloaded, restocked, uh, good recruiting class coming in. So not the last that we've heard of them. On to the ACC. So a couple of the best teams in the sim, like UNC and UVA are here, got active coaches. So we'll go through each of the results. In the first round, every favorite held, UNC over BC, Wake over G-Tech, Duke over Pitt, UVA over Clemson. In the semis, UNC narrowly beats the 4 c Wake Forest, 72-66. UVA takes down Duke, 64-61, setting up the one versus two, where Virginia, the second best roster in the sim, is defeated by UNC, 70-65. to UNC capping off a regular season and conference tournament title in the ACC. Yep, well, um, the top four, I think, are secure here. Um, uh, North, North Carolina, Virginia, Duke, Wake Forest, they have all have great resumes. It's going to be really interesting to watch the next three, though. Georgia Tech, Pitt, and Clemson, um, they're all, I mean, all, all with first-round defeats, and they were two good teams, but, you know, is, is Clemson's 17-12 and 12 record going to be enough to get them in? Is Georgia Tech's 18-11 and 11 enough to get them in? You know, it's they're they're gonna, they're gonna definitely square on the bubble right there. Yeah, the the double digit losses look a little gaudy on paper, but um, but when you're losing to each other, maybe it hurts a little bit less. I guess we'll find out in the next hour. Or so let's quickly go on to the America East. This was Vermont's conference to lose all year with an average roster rating of full three points above anyone else at thirteen point five seven five. Let's skip to the end. Vermont beats three seed Stony Brook seventy three sixty five, and we'll go dancing. Matt, I think you had a tidbit about this conference, right? The curse is broken. This is the first year that the number one seed out of the America East has won the conference tournament. So congratulations to uh, to Vermont for finally breaking the streak. And at 29-2 yeah. and two record, they're going to be a very, very tough out. Yeah, this looks like one of the stronger mid-low mid-majors uh, that's that's out in the field. So, uh, so not envious of whoever draws them in the first round. Let's hit on the American. We had a really exciting conference race between Memphis, UConn, South Florida, and some really competitive teams like Cincy. Um, and, and then, yeah, going to Memphis for claiming the regular season title, thanks in part to UConn losing as a 26-point favorite to Houston towards the end of the season, but with the 15th best roster in the country. So to break this one down, in the first round, Memphis beats Tulane. Four-seed Cincy beats five-seed SMU in a possible bubble-bursting matchup. South Florida beats Tulsa, and UConn defeats Temple. In the semis, it takes overtime, but Memphis does defeat Cincy 87-84, and UConn gets past South Florida 82-73, setting up the one-versus-two in the final. And in that matchup, it's two-seed UConn who claims the tournament title, beating Memphis 82-73 to to get the auto bid. Matt, I know we have some bubble implications coming from this tournament. Oh, we very much do. I think uh, SMU came in at 60. They lost to 55 Cincinnati. So that's, I don't think that's going to be enough for SMU. Um, Cincinnati and South Florida, those two each, each made it to the semifinals, each lost to a, to a uh, 32 or better SOR. Um, I think, I'm, I, I think Cincinnati, if of the two, I think Cincinnati would have a better shot, but South Florida, it's just going to depend on what else, what happens in other tournaments as well. And we already got, 
we're only a few tournaments in and we've already got a few teams who are rooting for no upsets in the smaller conferences with, uh, uh, with some bubble bubble teams. So, so hoping for those guys that they get the results they want, but let's keep it rolling to the a sun, our very own coach of Kennesaw's here as the two seed Citadel as the one seed Citadel almost gets knocked off in the semis needing overtime to beat five seed Mercer while in the two versus three Kennesaw loses to fellow discord coach Stetson 72 to 65 setting up a one versus three where the ghosts of Tommy Bible shows up Spurs Citadel to a conference championship, 69 to 65. Congrats to Tommy Bible squad and Citadel. Very much. Congratulations, Tommy Bible. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy two straight Kennesaw years of NCAA tournament bids. Matt's looking ahead to, uh, to S10 and beyond, but, uh, but it looks like he's got a tough roster that's primed to get the first seat uh, coming into uh, to next season. So we'll see what happens when we get there, but let's go to the big 10 where we have Indiana, despite having the second best roster in the conference, won the regular season outright by three games, seven teams in the top 55 SOR going in. So there might be some drama here in the first round. IU beats Ohio state five seed Wisconsin defeats four seed Illinois 79 to 75 three seed Minnesota gets by Rutgers and two seed Michigan State loses to seven seed Purdue. In the semis, in the one versus five, Indiana defeats Wisconsin by six, and three seed Minnesota gets by the Boilers, setting up the one versus three, where the Hoosiers, excuse me, the Hoosiers leave no doubt, beating the Gophers 75 to 57 to claim the regular season and tournament title. Matt, will this be enough for the Hoosiers to possibly get a one seed? What else do you see on the bubble? You know, I think that it could be enough for Indiana to get a to get a number one seed. They do come in as the five SOR. Um, they didn't quite play the strongest competition there. If uh, you know Illinois and Michigan State both went out early, those would have definitely helped their SOR going forward. But uh, I, I think that you know there's a couple other teams they need to keep an eye on. They need to keep an eye on uh, Villanova and Butler. They need to keep on keep on whoever wins the SEC. And uh, whoever wins the Pac-12, you know, if there's upsets there, then they, Indiana could take that number, that fourth number one seed. Um, the thing I'm interested in here is to see about Purdue. Purdue, you know, beats number 17, Michigan State, loses. They have a 16 and 14 record right now with a 51 SOR pre-conference tournament. So who do, or is that going to be enough? I want to see what their SOR does, see if maybe Purdue's done enough to, to earn an at-large bid. Yeah, this is when you play in a great conference like the Big Ten, you get a chance for a lot of losses. You also get the chance for a lot of great wins. Um, this is also where Lafayette's kicking themselves for only making it to the semis of the A-10 uh, and, and possibly costing us since Indiana swept here. But let's hit the Big 12, which finished in a three-way tie first with Kansas, Kansas State, and our very own Joe's Oklahoma State squad. Texas finished 11-5 and in the conference and has a 63 SOR going in. It's been a great conference to follow all along this season in terms of seeding. KU got the one, K-State the two, and OSU the three. First round, KU crushes West Virginia. Texas crushes Iowa State. Baylor takes Oklahoma State to overtime, but OSU prevails 87-85. And at the buzzer, Kansas State defeats TCU 72-71, so all the top seeds did advance. In the semis, Kansas edges Texas 64-58. And the Cowboys lose at the hands of K-State 77 to 74, setting up the one versus two all Kansas final where the Jayhawks beat Kansas State for the third time this season, 76-69 and take the Big 12 championship. 
Matt, what do you make the results? I make three really good teams. Um, I, any one of these three can can it can be really dangerous and make a deep run. Um, my eyes are going to be on Texas, though. You know, did they? Is that win over Iowa State going to be enough to to boost them? Uh, it's going to be really really close. Yeah, it was this time. Oops, sorry, ahead, I was going to hop in just for a second and say, I think that uh, Kansas is super lucky that this was determined by a season-ending SOR because um, my my team was two and one against Kansas and Kansas State. I don't know. I don't know exactly how they they finished against each other, but I think that probably would have been good enough for me to get the overall uh, one seed if it had been determined by uh, you know head to heads. We beat Kansas. We were one and one against Kansas State, um, and and you know. That way we don't have to play either of them until the final. And then, um, you know, the head coach of Kansas knows our history. We don't, we don't ever lose to Kansas. So I think we would have handled them in the final as well. Um, but, you know, I mean, Eli figured out a, a better, in his mind, better way to, to formulate the tiebreakers or to determine the tiebreakers. And, I, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of just at his mercy in that regard. Hey, Joe tread, lightly, tread lightly when you talk about fake Joe Lenardi that way. <laughs> Joe is going to be up on that examining conference tiebreaker methodologies uh, to see if there is a different way you could have gotten a better seed, but great, great conference to follow. It was this time last season when I was praising Texas for seemingly always being in the tournament. And now I feel like I might've jinxed them since they had that loss in the semis, but we'll see what their fate is uh, in a little while here. On to the big, big East, the top two teams in the country by SOR Villanova at number two, despite finishing the conference regular season undefeated and Butler number one, whose only two losses this season have been to Villanova, both by double digits. Four teams here in the top 65 SOR, including Xavier. Welcome back, Xavier, to the sim. Didn't think we'd be seeing you on uh, this position. First round, Villanova squeaks by eight seed Georgetown. Five seed Creighton beats Xavier 77-75. Three seed uh, Seton Hall loses to St. John's by a point, 77-76. So Seton Hall might be sweating more for the next hour or so. And two seed Butler beats Providence by 10. In the semis, Villanova defeats Creighton by 14. And Butler beats St. John's by 31, setting up the third matchup between Villanova and Butler, and Butler where Villanova gets crushed 77 to 61, giving Butler the tournament title. So much to break down here. Matt, what does this do, if anything, to seed lines for Villanova and Butler and any of the bubble teams? Um, in all honesty, I think that uh, Villanova and Butler are safe. I, I think they're both number ones. Clearly, um, you know, Villanova's, you know, the only two losses of Butler from Villanova and Butler's the best team in the country. And I, I just, I feel like they both have done enough to earn number one seeds, despite one of them not winning the conference. Um, if I'm, Seton, like you said, if I'm Seton Hall or if I'm Xavier right now, I'm sweating bullets. They both, they needed those first round wins. And those losses, especially Seton Hall's loss to St. John's, could be absolutely devastating to their bubble chances. Am I making it up, or did Xavier drop down to prestige level five at some point during the sim? Am I making that up? Yeah, I think they did. No, I think they did. So it is possible for the, all those road to glory coaches who want to go to uh, to the Bryants of the world. Maybe you can do it for a very, very, very low major team like Colorado uh, and get that prestige back up since apparently it's possible with Xavier. So keep the hope up. But moving on to the big sky, Weber State. Will this be the year they get to the big dance after a few close calls the past couple of seasons? They went 15-1 and one in conference, so it's theirs to lose in a Wudbin league. Let's fast forward to the end where we did get the one-versus-two matchup, Weber State versus Idaho in the conference finals. 
And this time Weber State does get the job done, beating Idaho by 17 to claim the auto bid. Congrats to them and their coach who's active in Discord. Matt, where do you think Weber's going to get seated? Well, I think that uh, they're, they'll probably end up in the 15 to 16 range. Um, normally we don't see a lots of hundreds in the 100 SORs um, in the uh, in the top 14 seeds. So my guess if I were to, to say would probably be the 15 or the 16 range, depending on if there are any other massive upsets. Gotcha. Well, good coach, and they'll be a tough out in the tournament. I'm also looking at the Zoom chat, and it looks like uh, Monmouth was is hoping that you're wrong about the, the Butler and Villanova picks. So I guess I'll have to wait a little bit, too, to see how his team fares come uh, come seed time. On to the Big South, where this was a two-horse race all year between UNC Asheville and Winthrop, who's on his road to glory mission. As you might expect, it came down to one versus two in the final. UNC Asheville has a small one-point favorite going in. And UNC Asheville loses to Discord coach Winthrop 77 to 69, giving the Eagles their first tournament berth under the new regime. Regime, congrats to them. Yeah, congratulations to Winthrop. That's that conference um, has been perennially theirs and Radford's until Radford jumped over to the A10. But Winthrop just continues to have success, and it's very good to see them get through. Yeah, and good for their their former team too, Western Michigan, who we'll hear about later in, in terms of their possible NCAA tournament outcome. Uh, let's get to the Big West. UC Davis, despite having an average roster rating a full point worse than Long Beach, finished the regular season undefeated. Long Beach State came in at 14-2. and two. Both teams have a top 85 SOR. Let's fast forward to the final where those two teams did score off for a third time. And in a buzzer beater at the horn, UC Davis gets the game winner and defeats the 49ers 72-71, giving UC Davis a clean sweep of the conference and that auto birth to the big dance. Yeah, it feels like the, the pendulum has been slowly shifting back towards UC Davis. Long Beach State's had some sustained success recently, and UC Davis is finally able to get over the hump. Um, I think that they would have been, had they lost, they could have been contenders for an at-large bid, but I think that they, they, it's really good that they were able to get that auto bid just in case. Well, Long Beach can take some solace in what seems to be a really good recruiting class. I see him in the Zoom mm-hmm. chat, and, uh, and it's a disappointing ending to his season, but he's got a lot to look forward to, so it's not the last that we've heard of him. Um, I think they'll the make a run at the NIT. I think, I, I think they'll, they'll be in the NIT, and I think they, they could make a run. Yeah, if anything, they're always postseason relevant uh, year in and year out. So uh, so congrats to UC Davis, uh, and we'll see where they get slotted in the tournament. Let's do the CAA, where this has been Delaware State's conference to lose with the 10th best roster in the country. They scheduled hard in the non-conference. They came in with an SOR of 38 after going 16-0 in the CAA. Matt, before we jump in, any predictions if Delaware State were to lose in the conference tournament? I think that even if Delaware State loses in the first round to James Madison, that they are in. I think that the only thing that really would affect would be their seeding. I think that they would probably drop down to maybe an 11 or 12 seed at that point. But I, I feel confident that they've done enough, despite the, the bottom feeders in their conference trying to bring their SOR down to, to get themselves an auto bid in, or to get into the tournament, not even auto bid, just at large. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Well, let's see what the results are. All the top seats held in the quarterfinals in the semis. Delaware State in overtime beats UNCW 91 to 86, keeping their auto birth hopes alive. 
Hofstra also wins, setting up a one versus two. And in the final, Delaware State beats Hofstra 83 to 69. They finally get over the hump and leave no doubt about a tournament berth. Congrats to them. Matt, any predictions on seeding after the fact now that we know that they that they have gotten in? This will be one of the most interesting developments of the sim in the past few seasons around their seeding. Yeah, I, I'm very intrigued to see where their SOR ends up. I'm I'm looking at who they beat in the in their, their tournament. They beat 235, 163, and 99. So I'm interested to see how, how far they jump. I could see them, I feel confident that they would end up as a nine. There's a slight chance, depending on other upsets, they could maybe get an eight, but I think I think nine is a good solid spot. But even then, you know, you look at Delaware State, what the 10th best team in the country is a nine seed. Could you imagine being a number one in that region and having to square off against the 10th best team in the country in the second round? That's just going to be insane. Yeah, well, we'll find out shortly who that one seed's going to be, depending who get draws Delaware State in their brackets since uh, since they are dancing officially. Uh, after a few seasons of, of pain. So let's go to the, uh, and I think the screen's doing something here. Um, is there something going on on the screen, Matt? That's funny. <laughs> okay, uh, I guess we're gonna read Joe's email potentially. Uh, I don't know what this is here. Let's, let's... This isn't just me, right, Matt? Are you seeing this thing? Yeah, I, yeah, I see it too. There okay. Go. Right, we're not uh, sharing screen. That's fine. All right, all right, cool. Hopefully no one screenshotted <laughs> that, that email inbox. Uh, let's, uh, let's get to the CUSA. Uh, Old Dominion in a self-proclaimed rebuild year, but still with the best roster in the conference and a 30 SOR going in on the strength of a 25-3, and 15-1 record. Similar to last season, FAU and Charlotte both have strong competitive teams. Charlotte has a 61 SOR going in but they're squarely on the bubble, obviously. And this is a conference everyone hopes ODU wins so that bubble lives can stay intact. In the quarters, all the favorites won. In the semis, as a 13-point favorite, ODU, by a point, beats Louisiana Tech to advance to the finals, while FAU, as the three, beats Charlotte, setting up the one-versus-three championship. Now, if you recall an essay, ODU beat FAU by one point to take the auto bid and saved everyone on the bubble. Would it happen again in S9? This time, in overtime, Old Dominion hangs on to beat FAU 88 to 84 in one of the most dramatic tournaments we've seen. I have to imagine, Matt, that people are breathing a sigh of relief on this call. I think that they, they should be. Either way, I think Old Dominion would have been in the tournament. I don't think that uh, a loss, especially in the finals, I think that they would have been squarely in the tournament either way. Uh, the one that just heartbreak for me is watching Charlotte lose. I was really pulling for those guys. And as a 61 coming in, I felt like they needed to get to the final and it didn't help that they drew um, 111 uh, Florida Atlantic in the semis, but Florida Atlantic just had their number. We'll see now if Charlotte can, uh, can weather the storm and get in. Yeah. Well, despite ODU, I think being one of the few active coaches in the CUSA, that conference is not lacking, lacking for drama. So uh, hats off to ODU on yet another bid in what, again, was a self-proclaimed rebuild. Horizon tournament. Horizon has been a two-team race all season between Wright State and Green Bay, both with comparable rosters and top 30 SORs. Likely another case of bubble teams hoping that one of these teams will win the title. Indeed, it does come down to the final one versus two, Wright State versus Green Bay. And as a one-point favorite, Wright State takes down Green Bay 63-57 to to sweep the regular season and conference tournament titles. Matt, do you have any seed projections for these two squads? You know, um, these guys 
I, I feel like they'll probably end up in the five to seven range potentially. It's uh, it's going to be another thing to see how those uh, 200 SOR wins over uh, Cleveland State and Youngstown State in the first round affect the their the final SOR. But I think they're both going to be above the eight line, probably in the five to seven range. Got it. Well, the sim is better when uh, Horizon's a multi-bid league. So congrats mm-hmm. to to potentially both teams on making the tournament. But Wright State for winning the, the auto berth. On to the Ivy, this was all Penn this season, despite having the second best roster in the conference. They finished undefeated, Princeton being second. Let's fast forward again to the final where we did get one versus two. Recall last season, these teams played, but Princeton was the one and they got upset by Penn. So will we see another scenario play out the same way? In the final, in a toss-up match, one seed Penn Gets it done, beating Princeton 83-77 to sweep the championships and earn its auto bid. Congrats to them. And also, I think they're struggling with some math on how to project their Season 10 roster, but they seem to have an even stronger roster for Season 10. So great stuff out of the Ivy. Yeah, Penn is just a model of consistency in that league. And I'm very excited to watch how they schedule next year and see if they can pump their SOR and even further to maybe uh, earn an at-large bid next year. Yeah, absolutely. No, they're on their they're on their way. We're supposed to do the Metro Atlantic Athletic. I almost feel like torturing Monmouth a little more since he's in the chat and just doing this last. But but I'll, I'll be I'll be kind and we'll just we'll, we'll go through these results. So in the MAC, where we had virtually two identical teams with Monmouth and Quinnipiac both finishing 27 and one, 15 and one in conference, and very similar points for and points allowed as well. Monmouth had been knocking on the door of a number one ranking all year and is absolutely in the running for a one seed based on their number six SOR. We had one upset in the quarters with three seed Canisius, who had beaten Monmouth earlier this year, losing to six seed Marist. In the semis, Monmouth beat Manhattan 77 to 60, and Quinnipiac beat Marist 74 to 67, leading to the one versus two final in a toss-up matchup. Monmouth gets destroyed by Quinnipiac 80 to 57, I got to say, I feel for Monmouth, given my own Lafayette team had a letdown in the A-10 tournament. But Matt, what does this mean for both teams in the MAC? Well, Quinnipiac and Monmouth, we should just need to, we need to put that in as the, uh, the favorite to be this, the conference final every year. Because this has now been the fourth time that those two have played in the MAC tournament championship. And each team has won twice. Uh, this result totally surprised me. I did not see a 23-point win. Um, they're obviously they're both squarely in the tournament. I think that that loss could bump Monmouth down to a two. And I, I think Quinnipiac is deserving of a two potentially. It's going to be interesting to see where their SORs end up, but both great teams. Um, the one team I'm very, uh, if, if for all the bubble people out there, all your bubble people, Marist beating Canisius, that took one team off the bubble right there. Canisius is not going to make it in the tournament. So there's there's a result, a positive result for you bubble kids right there. Okay, so the MAC will not be a three-bid league. Uh, I'm here for, for you know, title matchup number five between both these teams next season if we get it, since it's yeah. always entertaining. But uh, congrats to Quinnipiac and Monmouth. Uh, uh, we'll, see, we'll see what your seed fate is in a few minutes here. On to the MAC, uh, where Western Michigan had a dominant run in the conference, finishing 15 and 1. Eastern Michigan finished second at 12 and 4. EMU feels like they're on the bubble with going in with a 42 SOR. Western Michigan with a 22 SOR. I'll read out the results since we have a lot of active coaches in this particular league. 
first round one seed WMU squeaks by Miami of Ohio, 66-63. Four seed Ball State loses by a point to five seed Kent State. Three seed Ohio beats Central Michigan, and Eastern Michigan gets by seven seed Akron. In the semis, Western Michigan defeats Kent State 79-63, and Eastern Michigan crushes Ohio. In the final, one versus two, Eastern Michigan hoping to get the auto bid and stay out the bubble. Cannot get it done, losing 66 to 62 to one seed Western Michigan. Matt, how much should Eastern Michigan's coach be sweating right now? Well, in my um, unpublished uh, bubble watch, um, I had uh, Eastern, Eastern Michigan needing to get to the final. Excuse me, sorry, my dog's barking. Um, if I, I feel like Eastern Michigan is safe now that they have made it into the final, despite losing to uh, Western Michigan. So I think that we should see a two bid. In Mac, I think will be Eastern Michigan should be fine. Gotcha. Well, it sounds like the Butler Bulldogs mascot has joined you and is celebrating their uh, their their tournament win from earlier in, in the night. Uh, but uh, but we'll keep rolling here. And by the way, for folks on the Zoom, since it looks like we got three minutes left, we'll have to resend another link in the Discord. So please jump back on quickly, and we'll keep it rolling for uh, for all the uh, conference tournament and NCAA tournament action. Let's hit the MIAC quickly. North Carolina Central finished sixteen zero in conference and actually has the best defense in the nation holding opponents to 57.1 points a game, points per game. Fast forward to the end, NC Central gets by two-seed Coppin State, 70-65, so the 119th best roster in the nation will go dancing again. I'm just going to keep it rolling to the MVC. With four teams in the top 70 in SOR, Valpo won the regular season outright, but let's take let's break down the SORs quickly. Valpo's is 34, Evansville is 46, Drake is 50, but having been banned from postseason play, Indiana State 67, so a lot of bubble activity here. In the quarters, four seed Missouri State loses the five seed Illinois State 79 to 64. Two seed Evansville needs overtime to beat Bradley as a seven seed. In the semis, Valpo crushes Illinois State 67 to 44. And three seed Indiana State gets past Evansville 69 to 61. In the final, one seed Valpo loses to Indiana State 70 to 66. So the team with the 67 SOR takes fate into their own hands, secures the out of bid. Matt, what does this mean for the bubble and even for some of the bubble teams in this very conference? That is not something you wanted to see if you were on the bubble right there. Indiana State, I don't think they would have been safe um, with a loss there in the final. Uh, Evansville is going to be one that's interesting to watch. Um, that 46 may not be good enough to get in with that loss to Indiana State in the semis, but uh that's, I think that uh, Indiana State winning is not something that those bubble teams wanted to see. Well, congrats to the Sycamores. I feel like we hear from him every now and again in the Discord, but uh, that'll, be, that'll be a great result for him to hear either tonight or whenever he listens to this recording. We have a minute left, so why don't we, instead of going to the Mountain West, let's save that for when we all jump back on. Um, so why don't we go ahead and do that now? Uh, Joe, Matt, why don't we send that, that uh, new Zoom link out? But Appreciate everyone who's been on the call already, and uh, let's get it let's get it back up and running in a minute here. Yep, I will I will end this call and start another one quick, and we'll get that link sent out uh, shortly to finish up the conference tournament results and move on to the bracket. Sounds good. Thanks. Go ahead. All right, we are back on the Heat Check Sim Show bracket reveal for season nine. Continuing going over the um, conference tournament results, so I will kick it back to Coach Dave from Lafayette. 
All right, cool. We left off at the MVC with Indiana State taking down the title against Valpo. Let's uh, let's hit Mountain West. So in the Mountain West, UNLV surprisingly. Oh, sorry, I didn't accept the meeting recording thing. You all can hear me, right? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, in the Mountain West, UNLV surprisingly finished 15-1 in conference, despite having just the third best roster in the conference. UNLV and Utah State both seemingly safe in the tournament with 10 and 14 SORs respectively. Nevada finished third in conference and has a 45 SOR. Fresno was fourth and has an 87 SOR. And fifth seed New Mexico actually has a 58 SOR. Feels like we haven't heard from the Lobos in a while. Not to mention San Diego State, who, similar to St. Joe's, has a top 20 roster in the country, but only a 78 SOR. So seemingly on the outside looking in. Lots of active Discord coaches. So we'll go result by result. One seed UNLV barely beats eight seed Denver, 68-66. Four seed Fresno does beat New Mexico, 70-63. Nevada loses to the Aztecs, 83-78. And two seed Utah State beats Boise. In the semis, UNLV beats Fresno, 69-62. And Utah State dispatches San Diego State. So in the final, we do get one versus two. And Utah State, who lost to UNLV in the regular season, gets revenge as the two seed, winning the title 85-81 in a high-scoring affair. Matt, what's the fallout from the Mountain West in your eyes? Well, the fallout is there were four or five teams that really could have could have made a, a, a bid for an at-large. Um, Nevada being the one that was in the best position with that 45 SOR coming in, lost in the first round. That's, that's going to make things tough for them. New Mexico coming in with a 58 losing in the first round. That's really going to be tough for them. I don't, I, it's going to be, they're going to be sweating for sure. Fresno state, San Diego state. I think they were the next best teams to have a chance, but I don't, I think they both needed to make the final to get in. And so I think that we're going to probably end up getting just a two bid mountain West Nevada, possibly getting in. There will be one to watch for sure. If you're a bubble team. Got it. Well, I haven't looked at New Mexico's roster, but it would be nice to have the Lobos back and relevant in the Mountain West and what is a great, a great conference. So let's do the Northeast. On to the Northeast where Wagner not only finished the conference 16-0, but also has an SOR of 53. So bubble teams probably hoping they win the auto bid um, so that their hopes may still exist. Um, but we'll see what happens. Brian's coach is on his road to glory and nab the three seed here in the quarters. No upsets other than four seed going down. Although Bryant went down to the wire, beating six-seed Sacred Heart by one point. In the semis, Wagner crushed Robert Morris, and Bryant loses to two-seed Mount St. Mary's. Sorry to Bryant. In the final, one-seed Wagner goes wire-to-wire, beating Mount St. Mary's 75-59. to Congrats to them on getting the auto bid and sparing other bubble teams from more agony. Yes, congratulations, Wagner. I know they're constantly looking to get out of the Northeast, but they're a stable of, uh, of excellence up there. Congratulations to those guys. I think that even, I think that honestly, if they would have made the final and lost, I, I, they, they definitely would have been on the bubble. I don't know if they would have been on the right side of the bubble, but they definitely would have been on there. Uh, Wagner in the chat saying three in a row, four and five years. I don't know if you should be in a hurry to leave the Northeast where he's building a great program. Also, shout out to him for doing bracket busters pretty much year in and year out. And also the same Wagner team who upset Kansas in the last season's uh, first mm-hmm. round of the NCAA tournament. So might not be the last we've heard of Wagner uh, in the sim this season. All right, on to the Ohio Valley with Southeast Missouri State not only dominating the regular season at 26-2 and 16-0 in conference, 
but also with an SOR of 48 and its first ranking last cycle at number 21. Similar to the NEC, bubble teams are hoping SEMO will spare them from some further agony as well as SEMO's own coach. In the first round, SEMO, as a 17-point favorite, loses to Jacksonville State. Wow. The rest of the top seeds held in going to the finals in a three-versus-four matchup. It's four-seed Eastern Illinois takes the auto bid. Matt, what is your reaction to seeing this result? Well, that is going to make the bubble very interesting. We just watched the 48th SOR lose to 248. Wow. Um, I'm very, very intrigued to see where their SOR finds, uh, finishes out here. Um, big shout out to Eastern Illinois. They start out the season 12 and 0, if I remember correct. So they have been, they, they, they've proven that they can do good things. And I, I'm very happy for them to, uh, to get this auto bid. Yeah, another program that seems to be on the periphery of the sim uh, lurking here and there, maybe in the Discord or elsewhere. But congrats to them. And, and Simo, I, I'm not jealous of you having a sweat right now for the next few minutes as you, as you see what your fate is going into the tournament reveal. Let's keep doing conference results, though. Pac-12, it's been a wild season. Arizona, hands down the best roster in the country, finishing second behind Washington. UCLA finished third and has a top 20 SOR. In terms of the bubble, you've got five teams here with a top 55 SOR, including Cal at number 40 and Utah at number 52. And as fate would have it, both of those teams played in the four versus five with Utah keeping its postseason hopes alive by beating Cal 69 to 63. Washington, UCLA, and Arizona all won their games. In the semis, in a tight one, one seed Washington beats Utah 68-65, and two seed Arizona loses to three seed UCLA 73 to 65, setting up the one versus three. And in that title game, Washington also claims the tournament title 74 to 53 in a big win. Hats off to them for a heck of a year. Matt, a few things for me. One, Arizona is going to have the strongest roster in the country, but probably not as high seed as we would have thought. And also, what does this do for Washington's seed as well as the bubble teams involved? First of all, go dogs, bow down to Washington. Um, second, uh, I think Washington, I'm not quite sure if it's going to be good enough to get the, uh, to get a one seed, I think that they'll probably end up as a two. I think they do have a strong, like strong case for a one, but I think that there are four other teams that have stronger cases. Um, as for the as for Arizona, yeah, they, <laughs> I don't know where they're going to end up, but that is going to be just a heck of a matchup. I mean, they're going to be a tough out. The best team in the country, probably being like a six, five, six seed. Uh, that's going to be absolutely insane. Also, I think despite California's loss to Utah, I think that they're good. And I think they should be able to, uh, to make it into the tournament. I mean, Arizona, for those who, who don't recall their, their rating as an average roster rating is, is like 17 point something. So they are, a, are a monster team that has laid dormant pretty much all season uh, with a lot of losses on their ledger, but a team that I doubt anyone really wants to play come turning time. So we'll see where they get seated in a few minutes. Let's hit the Patriot. Uh, Holy Cross finished 16 and 0 in the conference, followed by BU at 14 and 2. They played each other in the final, and Holy Cross prevails in a thriller, 68-65, to get the auto bid. I kind of miss playing these teams in the Patriot, but congrats to Holy Cross, who uh, who Kansas's current coach used to coach um, prior to moving over to the Jayhawks. Anything here matters? Should we keep rolling? Now we can keep rolling. This is a pretty cut and dry conference. Cool. Sunbelt, 
Discord coach Louisiana Monroe put together a heck of a campaign going 15-1 and in conference and top 75 in SOR. They advanced to the title game where they faced Nemesis and 2C Georgia State. And Georgia State takes the out of it 73-63, to spoiling Monroe's season. Where will now move to the NIT. Tough break. Georgia State also won the conference count last year, if I remember correctly, Matt. Yeah, uh, Georgia State is – they've – they are kind of a sneaky team. You don't really think about them a lot, but they just, they seem to turn it on when the, when the time's right. And unfortunately for Louisiana Monroe, they turned it on right here in the conference tournament. And I uh, unfortunately don't think Louisiana Monroe has a strong enough case to make an auto bid or a well, large bid. No, nevertheless, great, great discord coach. Uh, and he'll be playing in the NIT either way, but, um, but yeah, Georgia state, I feel like they might've had an upset in the NCAA tournament sometime earlier uh, in our, our Sims history, but I'll have to check the archives. After this call, let's go to the SOCON, everyone's favorite conference and one of the most chaotic, where the best team in the conference, VMI, was ineligible for postseason play after recruiting violations. But hey, it produced three top 170 recruits this season, so it looks like they might as well make the most out of that ban. Wofford actually finished 15-1 with VMI, surprising given how close the roster ratings are after VMI. Wofford also has the 28 SOR and is the only team in the conference that would be a viable bubble team. So again, other bubble teams are crossing their fingers that the Terriers will win the auto bid. Well, it did not happen. Wofford gets upset by eight seed Western Carolina as a 17 point favorite, leaving the door open for another SOCON team to get the auto bid. Four seed Chattanooga beats five seed Furman, three seed UNCG also gets upset by Samford. And two seed Liberty gets by Tennessee Tech 65 to 57. In the semis, the Catamounts dreams end as Chattanooga advances to the title game as the four seed. Same with Samford as Liberty beats them, setting up the four versus two matchup. And in that matchup, Chattanooga prevails 60 to 57, which marks the second consecutive tournament title for the Mocs, both in upset fashion and in successive years. They've also been the ones to beat Liberty. Sorry, Joe. Matt, I'm a little speechless, but hats off to Chattanooga's coach who seems to know how to get his teams ready for March Madness. Yeah, it's just, it's about getting hot at the right time and Chattanooga has found a way. It's a, he knows how to get the most out of his team when it gets close to March or to Sim March. And, uh, you know, congratulations to those guys. Um, for all, everybody on the, uh, the, the Wofford train don't worry i think they, even with that loss they were coming in with a 28 sor they're in the tournament they should be fine they they just won't get as high a seat as they wanted and for uh, since i see sad vmi in there um i think you would have gotten an eight seed vmi just just for your i would think you would have gotten an eight so well well in the sim it's always between the months of november and april so uh, it won't take very long to turn the page on this season if you're vmi and getting into a tournament contention again but congrats to chattanooga on another title awesome coach uh, awesome awesome uh, team in march uh, that has a proven time in and time out on to the sec where texas a&m won the regular season title somehow despite having the 63rd best roster in the country with mizzou and alabama in their conference who had top 11 squads Interestingly enough, they have the number 11 SOR while Alabama has seven and Mizzou has nine. So a lot going on here, as well as six overall teams in the top 70 of SOR. In the quarters, all the favorites won. In the semis, AM loses to four seed Florida, while two seed Alabama defeats Missouri 63 to 52. 
in the final, Alabama scores a double-digit victory over Florida to take the SC Conference tournament title. Matt, any bracketology updates after this result? Yeah, a couple of a uh, couple things. I think that uh, um, Alabama is going to be very, very upset that Florida won in that semifinal. I think that if Texas A&M wins, makes it to the final, and Alabama wins that one, I think that Alabama could have had a strong enough case for a one seed. I think that they're right there on the cusp of that four, maybe a, maybe a top number two seed, but that's seeding wise. I think that's, that's, that's what I got there. And the other one um, I would just watch Kentucky. They were a 39, but you know, I mean, I don't know, 17 and 12, how much is, are they going to be affected by that loss to Florida? They're going to be one to watch. Yeah. A lot of German fate still, still to be decided. And again, I mean, it, this is the beauty of the sim Texas A&M with a roster that, again, is borderline middling in the SEC and they win 15 games in conference. So anything can happen, set those uh, sliders when you get your emails every, uh, every couple of days, because apparently they do matter. On to the Southland, which was a good battle at the top between one seed New Orleans and Corpus Christi, who's banned from postseason play, and Southeastern Louisiana, who had a good season. All the favorites won throughout until the final where one seed New Orleans as a two-point favorite Beat Southeast Louisiana to capture the tournament title and out a bit. Congrats, New Orleans coach. Shameless plug to the New Orleans coach, but please keep a game open for Bracket Busters in season two if your team is going to be good. Yeah, congratulations, New Orleans. The team definitely deserved it this year. It's a shame that uh, Corpus Christi couldn't be in the tournament, but I think that the best team in the conference won. New Orleans, you're always hearing from them in March as well. But let's let's do the summit. We're getting closer to the end here where San Jose State in the summit now resides and got the one seed. Sneaky strong conference, three teams in the top 80 SOR, including San Jose State at 57, so this should be an interesting one. All the top seeds held in the quarters. In the semis, one seed San Jose State gets upended by IPFW, and two seed North Dakota beats South Dakota State. In the finals, North Dakota wins the title 80-73. to Matt, does San Jose State have an at-large hope to hold on to? If they win that semifinal game, I think that they that they could be a favorite for a bubble. I don't know if it's going to be enough. I think that that loss to the IPFW is going to get into them in. But like you said, a great conference this year. Four teams finishing with 24 plus wins. Just absolutely great conference. Oh, the Spartans are sweating a little bit here as they figure out what their tournament fate's going to be. Let's do the SWAC real quick. I don't think we have any active coaches here other than Texas Southern, who was locked into the three seed after a 12 and four conference campaign. And those Texas Southern Tigers make a run, defeat one seed Arkansas Pine Bluff 76 to 66 for the right to represent the SWAC in the big dance. Congrats to them and their coach. It's at least their second consecutive bit, if I recall. Um, we'll keep it moving to the WAC, which New Mexico State is the traditional power but challenged more than ever before by Rio Grande, whose Discord coach has been working to put this program over the top. And they both finished tied at 15 and one atop the conference. I can't recall who else is active in the Discord, um, maybe Cal Baptist or something, but they were a three seed and they lost a six seed Grand Canyon. So let's just fast forward to the final. We got the matchup everyone wanted, New Mexico State, Rio Grande, and New Mexico State wrecks Rio Grande 78 to 52 forcing their coach to wait another year in his rebuild to reach the promised land. Tough break here. Absolutely tough break. I've been uh, a big fan of the UT Rio Grande Valley uh, team for a while. And ever since they, they stole one of my recruits back in, I think S3, 
but uh, I've been following them closely and uh, unfortunately they did not make it in, but I think that they're, they're a solid team and they should be around for a while. Yeah. Again, that's the last time we've heard of them and hopefully S10 will be their year. This is what we've got at the end last, but certainly not least the WCC, which has had more action and activity in, in this year than in past uh, with three teams finishing tied atop the conference, BYU, Loyola, Merriman, and San Diego. Their respective SORs are 43, 36, and 77, while Gonzaga, who has dominated this conference previously, finished fourth and with an SOR of 68, so very much on the outside looking in. First round, Loyola, Gonzaga, San Diego, BYU, all one. In the semis, Loyola Marymount goes down to Gonzaga, 75 to 67, opening the door for the Zags. San Diego narrowly defeats BYU 59 to 56, setting up the three versus four final. And in that final, to wrap up the conference tournament, both teams possibly needing the auto bid to make the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga wins in a close one, 68-64. Matt, does San Diego have a chance at an at-large? How are BYU and LMU supposed to be feeling right now about their postseasons? I'll tell you that... This tournament, when I was looking at the results last night, was just, I mean, I was sweating. I mean, if I was a bubble team right now with Loyola and BYU losing in the, in the semis and Gonzaga winning, stealing an auto bid, ah, man, this is going to be really, really tough. I, we know Gonzaga's in. I think Loyola should get in, but the problem is they – their their win in the first round was over San Francisco at a 222 and BYU's win was over a 155 so BYU technically had the better win uh, it's uh, the final SORs are on this are going to be very very interesting to see is are we going to see one of them in are we going to see both of them in three bid WCC who knows it's it, it definitely got my spine tingling when I was looking through this result. Yeah, this is wild. And I think last season too, I can't recall uh, off the top of my head, but I feel like WCC went down to the wire as well for literally the last result. I think I think in, uh, a bubble team was saved by winning, uh, by someone winning at the end. They're off to double check. But anyways, that, that caps off the conference tournament results. I know before we do the bracket reveal, Matt, we're going to get an overview of what you have in the latest bracketology as we get into the to the bracket reveal itself, but you want to break this down for us? Yes. So as you can see on your screen here now, this is what I've got for the, the bubble right here. My last four buys, we've got Evansville, we've got California, Cincinnati, Nevada. My last four in, we've got Southeast Missouri State, we've got Purdue, we've got Kentucky, and we've got George Mason. Our first four out, we've got Clemson, Rutgers, Texas, South Florida, and then I listed the next 14. I kind of thought those teams were ones that had a chance going in, and I just kind of wanted to show where I thought they lined up afterwards. But this is, I think, I feel very confident about this. I think that after looking at all of the teams, I really feel like the 36 teams that made or that that I put in as, as the at-larges I feel like that there's nobody that I think missed the tournament that should make the tournament you could make the case for southeast Missouri State I mean they did lose they, they they played in kind of a weaker conference and they you know had a an early round exit but I mean 
overall, I just, I couldn't see putting them in over or putting somebody like Clemson or Rutgers or Texas, nothing against those teams. I just don't think that them compared to SEMO was, was even, even a doubt. I, th- I feel very confident in the, in the, uh, the 68 teams on my bracketology. Yeah. To, uh, you know, to put my Seth Davis cap on or whoever, whatever CBS analyst, if, if you're, if you're looking at last four in and you're sort of splitting hairs with teams who may or may not really deserve to get into the tournament. So if you, if you're on the outside looking in, you, chances are you had a chance to win, uh, to win, to play your way in earlier in the year and you just didn't do it. But yeah, for SEMO, as I said to you off, off the, the air, I, I was surprised at how mediocre their resume actually was given their gaudy record. But, um, but for me being a mid-major squad, I, I love to see mid-majors get in. So this would be a great result if they do. Um, I think with that, I don't remember what the next transition slide is, but Joe, do you want to take the reins on this one as we get into the bracket reveal? Yeah, absolutely. So we are going to move into the bracket reveal at this point. So, I mean, great job with the bracketology, Matt, and breaking down the conference tournament results, both uh, Dave and Matt. That was, uh, I had me on the edge of my seat the whole time, um, especially, you know, looking for a high seat for myself. But, um, but yeah, that, that was great. We're going to move into the, uh, the one seeds and, and kind of announcing those next. And so the overall one seed um, is coming from the Midwest region and it is your Butler Bulldogs. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on, on Butler, feel free to, to chime in now. I mean, yeah, but I mean, congrats to them again. That was a crazy conference uh, conference battle between them and Villanova. And again, those two losses you see on screen literally were to Villanova. So nobody's yet to knock them off their perch besides their in-conference foe. Yeah, clear number one in my eyes. I don't think there's anybody else who is deserving to be on the on the number one line than Butler. Yeah, just to, just to kind of recap their season, they have some great wins. Uh, obviously, like uh, Dave said they lost to Villanova twice, but they did beat, you know, ranked teams, uh, UCLA, Indiana, Illinois. Um, you know, their best player, Bubba Brooks, is a power forward. He's a perfect 20 as far as the sim goes. Uh, and they beat, just as a reminder, they beat Providence, St. John's, and Villanova all by double figures in their conference tournament. So uh, very, very deserving number one overall seed, uh, Butler Bulldogs. So the second uh, number one seed is from the East region. Uh, the Villanova Wildcats. Um, so yeah, they they come in with a 26 and five overall record. Um, their best player, you know, is a small forward Seth Blossom game, 17.3 overall a junior. Um, they did lose in the conference championship game to Butler after beating Georgetown and Creighton. Um, they they played a really tough schedule themselves. Um, they were able to beat Butler twice. Um, they have some other great wins as well. Uh, they beat Missouri. Um, they lost to Missouri, but they actually, they, they went two and one against Missouri. That's that, that, that uh, crazy, the way that schedule worked out where they scheduled a non-conference and they met in the um, MTE. And then they also got aligned in the new, in the new um, Rucker Park Invitational potentially. Yeah, I can't remember which one it was. It was, yep, it was. Beach, but yeah, was, so, yep. so they ended up playing Missouri three times, went two and one against that really solid squad. So again, really deserving team Villanova. Um, moving to the South region, we have the third number one seed. It is the Indiana Hoosiers. They finished 25 and six. Uh, their best player is point guard, Kirk Levington. He's an 18.2 overall, a senior. Um, they won their conference tournament. As a reminder, they beat Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Um, they played an incredibly tough schedule as well. They, they did lose a handful of those games, but, you know, 
their strength of schedule definitely helped them earn this number one seed. Uh, they beat uh, Washington, Kansas State, Virginia, all those ranked teams. Um, they played, uh, they lost games against Butler, Kansas State, and Arizona, who were uh, all ranked at that time. But then they also beat, you know, Michigan State a couple of times. So um, very tough schedule. Um, you know, they did lose a handful of times more than, than you know, you might see for a, a typical number one seed, but very deserving nonetheless. Finally, from the West region, we have Alabama, the Crimson Tide. They finished 26 and five. Their best player is senior center Damon McKeever, 18.9 overall. Um, they also kind of ran through the SEC tournament um, and they, uh, they, they, had a, they had a tough schedule. They played, they lost to Kansas, but they had um, good wins as well. They beat Texas A&M. Um, they, you know, their schedule actually didn't play out as favorably for them as, as uh, in terms of getting high quality wins as some of the other teams, which I think kind of puts them down at this lower end of the one seeds, but um, still a very quality team. Um, and so that's, that kind of wraps up your four uh, number one seeds. And so at this point, we are going to move into the actual reveal of the bracket and we will start off with the Midwest region and starting off the Midwest region is the Butler Bulldogs from the Big East Conference. They will face the winner of the following matchup from the Big South. We have Winthrop and they are playing from the SWAC Texas Southern. Next on the list we have eight seed St. Louis from the Atlantic 10. They will face nine seed Illinois from the Big 10. Next, we have Western Michigan from the MAC. And from the Pac-12, we have California. Next, we have four-seed Kansas State from the Big 12. They will face off against the winner uh, from the uh, Mountain West, Nevada, and Cincinnati from the American. Moving down the bracket, we have Utah State, the three-seed from the Mountain West, facing off against 14-seed UC Davis from the Big West. Next, we have six-seed Texas A&M from the SEC facing off against the 11-seed Utah from the Pac-12. We have Michigan State comes in at the seven-seed from the Big Ten, uh, facing off against 10-seed uh, Wagner from the Northeast Conference. And then finally, we have two-seed Monmouth from the MAAC facing off against Eastern Illinois from the OVC. Any, um, well, I guess the next thing, we also have this breakdown of um, the average rating, roster rating from each team in this region, um, followed by the preseason rank uh, in the, in the, for the live viewers um, in, the, in the rightmost column there. Uh, guys, do you have any initial, initial thoughts on this bracket? My only quick thought, and I know we're going to talk later on, is Michigan State just reminds me really similarly of St. Joe's from last season where they performed really below their roster rating, but got slotted, I think, in that 7-10 in another – in another region and then made the run of the final four, obviously. So uh, Monmouth, uh, you know, not, I'm feeling for you on this one because that's a tough seven ten to have to look ahead to if you get past Eastern Illinois. Yeah. And for me, uh, bubble watch, um, California in as a 12 and then um, Nevada and Cincinnati is the last four in. That's very, very telling right there. And I think that if you were one of those teams that was not really sure if you were getting in, I think that, you're, I think that you're pretty much set that you're probably not going to get in. Those Nevada and Cincinnati have very strong records there, so it's going to be very interesting to see who the next uh, next on the last four out are. 
if there's a saving grace, that game between Monmouth and Michigan State, we played in Pittsburgh. So I don't know if you want to call that home field advantage if Monmouth's fans can get out there. Is it closer than East Lansing? I'm not exactly sure, but well, maybe it's a 50-50 crowd. But anyways, you can go on to the next region, Joe. Yeah, definitely moving on to the West region. We have about eight minutes left on this uh, Zoom call. So we'll, we'll go through this region quick and then we'll break and do one final, uh, we'll send out one final link uh, for those listening live. Um, but yeah, so starting off the West region is your one seed Alabama uh, from the SEC. They will take on the Citadel from the A Sun. Um, Tommy Bible gets his chance at the Crimson Tide. Um, next, we have eight seed Minnesota from the Big Ten taking on nine seed Eastern Michigan from the MAC. Uh, the next 5-12 matchup, we have uh, Oklahoma State, my Cowboys from the Big 12, taking on BYU from the WCC, uh, one of those bubble teams. Um, next, we have four-seed UNLV from the Mountain West, taking on 13-seed Southeast Missouri State mm. from the OVC. Next, we have three-seed Washington from the Pac-12, taking on 14-seed New Mexico State from the WAC. Next, we have six-seed Green Bay from the Horizon taking on the 11-seed Indiana State from Missouri Valley. Next, we have Wake Forest from the ACC taking on, from the WCC, 10-seed Loyola Marymount. Next, we have two-seed Lafayette from the Atlantic 10 taking on, from the Big Sky, 15-seed Weber State. Do you guys have any quick, quick thoughts, initial thoughts on this region? Um, as well yeah um byu in as a 12 simo making it in as a 13 congratulations to those guys i think they're very well deserving kind of intrigued to see that they're not in the playing game so that's means they're not one of the last four in so i'm it's a very good for those guys very very good for those guys i just wish the cameras were in easton pa right now to show they got the team's reaction to that two seed uh, the, the folks are elated, um, but now this is a, a great bracket. And yeah, looking forward to diving in after we've released the rest. Yeah, we've got three teams of all contributors to this um, this particular episode: Minnesota, Oklahoma State, and Lafayette, all in this region. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, from this particular region, I really notice, uh, you know, the five through ten seeds all fall between thirty and uh, forty-four in terms of preseason ranking. Um, so it's really even across the board. Really, uh, wouldn't be surprised to see a Cinderella or two potentially come out of one of, out of that group of teams. Um, so at this point, we have what do you think? We have six minutes. Maybe we can do one more. Yeah, one more region, and uh, and then we'll we'll call it uh, for the next one after that. But so let's move on to. The East region, the, the one seed from the East region, as we mentioned, is Villanova from the Big East Conference. They will take on the winner of the SoCon Chattanooga and the winner of the Southland New Orleans. Uh, next, the eight seed is VCU from the Atlantic 10. They will take on the nine seed Wisconsin Badgers from the Big 10. Uh, the five seed next is Arizona. Uh, from the Pac-12, and they will take on the winner of George Mason from the Atlantic 10 and Kentucky from the SEC. Next, we have four-seed Missouri from the SEC taking on 13-seed Evansville from the Missouri Valley. Next, we have three-seed Quinnipiac from the MAAC. They will take on from the American East 14-seed Vermont. Next, we have six-seed UConn taking on, or from the American Conference, taking on Wofford from the SOCON. 
We have the seven seed Delaware State from the Colonial taking on 10 seed Radford from the Atlantic 10. And finally, we have two seed Virginia from the ACC taking on 15 seed North Carolina Central from the MEAC. So what do you guys think about this? I mean, just initial <laughs> initial thoughts looking at this region. Obviously, this region is incredibly loaded at the top. You have five top 10 preseason ranked teams in this region, six top 15 teams. I mean, that is incredibly loaded. So it's a tough path for, you know, one seed uh, Villanova to look, look ahead and see, you know, potentially Arizona or Missouri in the, in the sweet 16. Wow. Yeah. Just, Oh, sorry, Matt. Go ahead. Wow. Uh, this is going to be a slobber knocker for all those old WWE fans. Uh, this is, I mean, right off the bat, Vermont and Quinnipiac, that's, that's going to be the game that I'm very, very intrigued to watch. Uh, Vermont 14 seed, but 49th roster rating. Oh my gosh, there's so many great matchups in this one. I, I'm very, very interested. That Delaware State Radford, where do you go? I mean, just look at this. Delaware State Radford, Connecticut Wofford, Missouri Evansville. I mean, they're just some great games. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll save most of my commentary for, for the after party, but this is, without even knowing the last bracket, this would be the region of death. Five of the top 10 rosters in the, in the nation, nine of the top 25. You also, Matt, to your point, get the best 14 seed in the tournament playing against Quinnipiac. So yeah, can't wait to see how this one plays out. Yeah, that that is three top five teams. Three top <laughs> five in this one. It's at four. Oh my gosh. Great bracket. Great bracket. Yeah, this this region is incredible because like I said, you have you have five or six of the top 15 teams um, make a top seven seed in this region. And the one team that doesn't is Quinnipiac. They are the 25th preseason rated team and they face off against Vermont, who's just uh, incredibly tough 14 seed. So that will be uh, must watch television for sure. Can't wait to see that game. Um, so yeah, that, that covers the East region. So at this point we have um, the South region remaining. We're going to break, build a little bit more suspense. We're going to come back and we're going to give an update on where bracketology stands, which teams are still in the bubble, which teams, you know, hoping to get in, which teams have already gotten in. Um, and then we will reveal the South region. Um, and following that, we will do, you know, our, our, post bracket reveal um, reactions and then we will uh, potentially talk with any coaches that are interested in doing so as well get their reactions to their seating and, and things of that nature so uh, looking forward to um, continuing this in just a just a minute here and we'll send out the link via uh, discord shortly All right, we are back with the Heat Check Sim Show. I'm the real Sim Shadium, um, co-hosted by or co-hosted with uh, Dave from Lafayette uh, and uh, Matt from Kennesaw State. We are about to cover the last region of the bracket reveal, but before we do that, we're going to cover um, bracketology as it currently stands, which teams have made it in, which teams are still waiting to hear their names called, uh, and which teams – uh, could be included or, or may not be. So Matt, do you want to, do you want to kind of give us a quick update on what's going on with bracketology? Yeah. Well, as you can see so far, I've gotten seven of the eight, right. And I think that there's one or two more spots open on the, on the next one, but I really feel strongly about Purdue. I just, I think that they're, their SOR plus playing in, you know, they may have had a bunch of losses, but they had lost to really good teams in a really strong conference 
And just looking at them compared to Clemson, Rutgers, Texas, I just feel like Purdue, I feel like they're going to get in. I have faith. I have faith in the Boilers. So let's see what happens. Let's see if I can get them all right. Yeah, that'd be quite an impressive run for you. Um, let's let's get it started. So we are finishing off with the South region. As we know, Indiana is the one seed from the Big Ten. They will take on 16 seed Holy Cross from the Patriot. Next, we have from the ACC, Duke. They will take on nine seed Valparaiso from the Missouri Valley. Next, we have five seed Wright State from the Horizon. And now we've got a potential bubble spot here. From the Big Ten, we have the Purdue Boilermakers. The next is the four seed UCLA from the Pac-12 taking on 13 seed North Dakota from the Summit. Next, we have three seed Kansas from the Big 12 taking on 14 seed Penn from the Ivy League. Next is six seed Old Dominion from CUSA, the Conference USA, taking on Gonzaga from the WCC. Next, next we have seven seed Memphis from the American taking on 10 seed Florida from the SEC. And finally, we have North Carolina from the ACC, the two seed, taking on 15 seed Georgia State from the Sun Belt. So here's a quick update on kind of what this region looks like um, from the top down. Um, Indiana gets the one seed, but they're um, actually the third best team in terms of overall roster rating in the region. There you go, Boilermakers. NIT bound no more, NCAA bound. Yeah, that's, I mean, well deserved. Um, I'm very intrigued to watch that game with Wright State. Old Dominion, obviously they're a sleeper. They're they're always really good. And even in a rebuilding year as a six seed, that's pretty darn impressive. Um, this is, I think, uh, I think we're going to see, I'm not sure how we're going to, what we're going to see upset wise in this one, but I think that, uh, you know, congratulations to Purdue and uh, congratulations to North Dakota. Somebody said in chat earlier, Oh, and 28 and S1 all the way to a tournament bid here. So congratulations to those guys. Them at least yeah. champs. I, I know uh, we're going to have some time to talk through each of the brackets after, after this. And I got a, a lot of thoughts here, but I will say for those who are questioning it uh, in Matt's bracketology powers of and predictions, but he nailed the Purdue pick and, and got, I think he had the majority of these, right. If not all of them, right. Matt does not get the bracket. So his, his, he doesn't get the bracket until after he has completed his final bracketology. So the auditors uh, can, can share the process, but, but Matt nailed it. And, uh, and hats off to him for one, being the chief bracketologist of the SIM, uh, but two, for, uh, for nailing this bracket for S9. I do want to throw out a shout out to Eli and just uh, thanks for getting us the, uh, the final SORs that made this process a lot easier this time. I felt a lot more confident in this bracketology than I hadn't before. And for any other bracketology nerds out there, my payment score was 360, just, just for all those other <laughs> bracketology nerds out there. <laughs> all right, so that covers the official reveal of the, re of the regions of the entire bracket. Uh, so now that we know everyone that's in, we have a, a quick uh, summary tab that shows um, every region, every team that's made the tournament um, with their average overall roster rating as well as their preseason rank next to it. Um, and just as a reminder for, you know, Matt and myself and, and Dave, um, as we're kind of touching on these teams, make sure we're kind of um, like explicitly saying what we're looking at just for the, the, the listeners that are going to be listening to it after the fact and aren't able to uh, see this screen. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, this is a great breakdown of, 
of what the, the bracket looks like from each re region's perspective. So I'm kind of curious. We can start with the Midwest if you guys want. I'm kind of curious what, what your guys' thoughts are on these regions. And uh, let's get going with, yeah, with, with the Midwest. Matt, do you want to lead off? You want me to lead off? Uh, you can lead off if you want. Yeah, a couple, couple of thoughts. So I think if you're the one seed, you have to be feeling pretty good right now, given uh, – given you only have one other team in the top 10 in terms of roster rating with Michigan State, who's under, underachieved all year. Conversely, again, if you're Monmouth, you're probably not feeling great about your draw with Michigan State in your, in your pod. Um, similarly to last season, when your first round matchup was against one of the best teams in the SEC, that being said, don't sleep on Wagner. As we've said in the chat, uh, Wagner sprung that 314 upset last, last season. I'm loving the possibility of a Utah-Utah State matchup in the round of 32. I didn't realize they actually don't play each other in the regular season. Um, and I love Wagner's squad, but again, uh, what did Michigan State do to deserve drawing the worst 10 seed out of the group? That feels like a gift to the, to the Big Ten power. And then my last comment is Kansas State's got to be feeling pretty good about this draw. They have a 24th best roster and in a pod where the next best roster is Cal at 46. Yeah, I am uh, very intrigued with this one. I think uh, that 8-9 uh, matchup is going to be really, really good. Both of those teams are pretty even, evenly matched. Uh, Illinois finished with a 31 SOR. Uh, St. Louis finished with a 32. I think that the key in that one's going to be um, Illinois' point guards a 19.1. That's the, the best player on the court by far for either team. So that's the, the key for Illinois to win that game is going to be their point guard play. Um, looking at the rest of the, the bracket, um, I think Butler's got a good path to the uh, to, to the Sweet 16. Um, and Western Michigan, California, that's going to be a good one. I, I think that the tempo is going to be huge in that one. Michigan State or Western Michigan uh, averages about 60 or 73 points per game. California only averages about 65. So I think it's going to be, you know, if the if the the pace is is uh, is uh, faster. I think it's going to favor Western Michigan. If it's slower, it's going to favor California, uh, Nevada, Cincinnati. Both have holes that uh, are going to be or weaknesses that could be exploited by Kansas State. But you know, we've seen crazier things happen with the uh, with the play-in teams. Yeah, the bottom half of that bracket, though, that bottom quadrant with uh, Michigan State Wagner is going to be a hell of a game. Wagner's only given up 58 points per game this season, and they have a very balanced team. And I think that uh, in the right scenario, I think that they could pull off an upset over Michigan State and, you know, I mean, give Monmouth all they can handle in the second round there. It's going to be – this is going to be a fun bracket to watch. Yeah, I think Dave kind of touched on this, but I think Butler has to just love their draw as the one seed. They're, they're the, uh, they have the eighth strongest roster in the country, um, and the, the other – I guess toughest team in their region is Michigan state who has the fourth toughest as the seventh seed, but uh, they fall on the other side of the bracket. So really for Butler, um, they could get all the way to the elite eight and the best team they would have to get through uh, potentially is Kansas state as uh, the 24th ranked roster in the country. So that's, that's a really good draw for them. Um, and then you look at the other side of the bracket and yeah, Michigan state, Monmouth, Utah state, uh, those are all top 20 teams in terms of roster rating. So those teams could definitely be battling it out uh, for the right to most likely be playing Butler, but you never know. This tournament crazier things have happened for sure. Um, let's move on to the West region. Um, you know, this is the one led by Alabama as the overall, or as the one seed um, preseason number 11, 
And then they actually are the third best team in the region. Uh, both Washington as the three seed and Lafayette as the two seed are better uh, with the third and sixth best rosters in the country, respectively. Um, so this one really is, is kind of a toss up in terms of if you're trying to predict which team's going to come out. Um, obviously, Alabama is only going to have to win one game against those those other two teams, potentially, whereas Lafayette or Washington could potentially have to win two, uh, depending on how it all plays out. But um, yeah, I already kind of touched on how even it is five through 10. Um, you have those in this region, you have those seed those seeds are all uh, between 30 and 44 in terms of roster rank. So yeah, that's, those are kind of my initial thoughts, but yeah, Pat, I'm excited to hear yours as well, uh, Dave. Yeah. Just to me, since slot fits in this group, I mean, again, to, to your comment, Joe, this, this feels wide open. Um, I'm hoping for a replay of SA where Washington and I played twice once in the regular season, once in the tourney, they swept me. I beat him early this year, so if we're lucky enough to get scored off in the Sweet 16, I'll hope for the same result. Um, although we're facing stronger than normal 14 and 15 seeds. In fact, Weber State is a solid two points better in terms of average roster rating than all of last season's 15 seeds. And New Mexico State's a good 1.3 points better around there than last, seed's four, last year's 14 seed crop. And they're not even the best 14 in the field, given Vermont is also here, um, also in another region. Um don't sleep on UNLV who gets a really tough SEMO matchup, even if SEMO is relatively unproven, but UNLV for folks who don't remember did make it to the final four last year. So they've got championship pedigree. Yeah. And to, to uh, further your point, um, New Mexico state and Weber state are also 91 and 92 in final SOR um, going into this, the tournament. So they're both in the top 100 strength of record. In fact, uh, the Citadel is the only sub 100 team down here with 121 as a 16. The thing that's going to be interesting for me is I think this is the most balanced bracket. Um, obviously, you look at the the the, the strength of record or the uh, the record roster or roster strength there. But if you look at you know Alabama's five SOR, um, Lafayette six, Washington seven, UNLV's 12, Oklahoma State's 19, Wake Forest is 22, Green Bay's 24. Minnesota's 30. There's your top eight, all in the, the top the best 30 teams in the country. And there's just anybody can win. There's some very, very interesting matchups right now. But I always like to call one game that I'm extremely confident in for an upset. And that in this region, I've got Loyola Marymount uh, upsetting Wake Forest. I think that, you know, Loyola, Loyola Marymount's had a great season and just their starting five is a lot stronger than, uh, than Wake Forest is. And I think that uh, that's if you're going to take one to the bank, Loyola Marymount, tough defense taking out uh, Wake Forest from the ACC in the first round. Yeah, 10, 10 C, but don't forget they, uh, they did represent the WCC in the Maui Invitational. They're actually my first regular season matchup, but they've got, uh, they, they were a cream of the crop WCC team despite the 10, the 10 seed here. All right, let's move on to the South region. Um, it's led by Indiana. North Carolina is the two seed, as a reminder. Kansas is the three. UCLA is the four. Um, and then, really, this this region is interesting. You really only have uh, Kansas is the only team with a roster strength in the top ten at number nine. Uh, Indiana State, North Carolina, and UCLA are all in, in Duke are all right there at uh, twelve. 12 for North Carolina, 13 for Indiana, 14 for UCLA, and 16 for Duke. So quite a number of teams right around that same range. So um, this is another region that's really kind of wide open. You could see Duke as the eight seed uh, potentially making noise. They, they could be uh, a good 
prospect for an upset in the second round over uh, Indiana. But um, but yeah, this is this is going to be a fun region as well. It's a little little more even at the top in this one too. Matt, you want to lead off? Sure, I'll lead off. Um, yeah, this is a, a, another good region. Um, Indiana um, deserving number one. North Carolina was a team that I kind of, I was not too high on, um, but a 28 and three record with a final SOR of eight is nothing to, you know, to be disappointed about. Um, I'm very intrigued to see that Duke Valpo match. Those teams are very evenly matched. Um, similar SORs, similar point scores, similar points allowed. That one's going to be a really, really fun one to watch. Uh, I think that uh, Wright State needs to be very, very careful because I think Purdue is just on fire. And I feel like people are not going to, they're not going to take them seriously with that 16 to 14 record, but I think Purdue can make some noise and maybe make a run to the sweet 16. Yeah. A couple of quick takeaways. I mean, Indiana, that matchup versus Duke or Valpo does not look fun at all. Uh, in any other matchup, I'd love North Dakota as the 13 here, but UCLA looks really tough. If you're Kansas, you have to be feeling better about your prospects this year after last season's upset by Wagner in the 314. You're not only the best team in your pod, you're the best team roster rating wise in the entire bracket. And two seed UNC might have to square up, depending on what happens in the 710, might have to go up against Memphis, who won the regular season American title. So uh, there's a lot happening in this bracket for sure. Finally, let's cover the East. We already kind of talked about it. This this bracket, this region is is brutally tough. I'm going to read through the top nine teams in this region and their uh, preseason roster rank because it's just incredibly loaded. So uh, the one seed is Villanova. They had a preseason ro uh, roster rank of number seven. Then you have two seed Virginia, number two roster rank in in the preseason. Number th the three seed is Quinnipiac. They were the 25th toughest roster. Number the four seed is Missouri. They had the fifth strongest roster in the preseason. Five seed is Arizona with the best roster in the entire country in the preseason. Six seed is UConn with the 15th ranked roster. Seven seed is Delaware State with the 10th ranked roster. VCU is the eighth seed with the 23rd ranked roster. And Wisconsin's the ninth seed with the 21st ranked roster in the preseason. So that's nine teams all in the top 25 in preseason roster rank. Um, obviously, we already kind of touched on, you know, it's three top five teams. It's uh, five top 10 teams and six top 15 teams. This this region is just a bloodbath. I don't know how you even begin to, to predict who's going to come out of this region. Yeah, completely agreed. And if you kind of take the, the, the roster strength a little bit, a little bit more in depth, and you go just starting fives, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 teams of the 18 that are in this, uh, this field, 12 teams have a starting five whose roster ranking is 14 or higher and 10 are at 14.9 or higher. And it's just, this conference is, or this, this bracket is loaded. Some great matchups. BCU Wisconsin is going to be an absolute barn burner. They're just, they're both so evenly matched. Um, man, and then you look at like Missouri, Missouri has a tough game with Evansville, but then they potentially have the best team in the sim in Arizona as a five. You know, you think Villanova, Villanova's got a couple wins over Butler, but they still have Arizona right there in their path. And then you look at the bottom half of that roster or that, uh, that bracket. And I think that there are, you know, six teams that could really make, make a, a big, 
big impact on this. I think you could see anything from anyone of Connecticut, Wofford, Quinnipiac, Delaware State, Radford, or Virginia. I think all of them could make deep runs. And also the Quinnipiac-Vermont uh, mashup has a combined record of 59-3 and three between the two of those teams. Well, that, that's an awesome tidbit. And yeah, this is just a, a, a ridiculous bracket. You know, you could get, if you're Missouri, you feel good about your first round drop potentially, but then possibly facing Arizona, which would be a rematch of that game earlier in the year with Missouri beating Arizona 67 to 55 at home. Also, you could get a fourth matchup of Missouri versus Villanova. They played each other three times already, once in the MTE, once non-con, once at the Rucker Park Invitational. I don't know how you're supposed to feel if you're VCU because you made a run, you got the eight seed, and now you face perennial Big Ten power Wisconsin, and your reward would be potentially Villanova if you were to win that first-round game. It's worth calling out UConn. You know, we talked a lot last season about how they had almost arrived early getting in that playing game and how S10, S11, they'll potentially have monster classes since they only have freshmen and sophomores right now. But you have to feel pretty decent about this draw as a six seed. They got the worst rated 11 seed in the tournament. They're higher rated than the other three teams in the pod or than the other three in the pod, uh, which is uh, the worst three seed in the tournament rating rise, well, waiting, rating wise, excuse me, with Quinnipiac. Um, and also Delaware State and Virginia, one of those teams isn't making it to the Sweet 16. So uh, you already know that one of those best teams is getting knocked out in the second round. Speaking of Delaware State, interesting seeding as, as Matt was breaking down. They could have hoped for better, but they did get one of the middle of the road 10 seeds in Radford, who's a shade above 13.0 in terms of their roster rating compared to last season's monster 10 seeds, which were at a minimum 13.975. And that also included St. Joe's, who was a 15. So I think for Delaware State, life could be worse being in that 7 10 matchup. Well, and, I'll, and I'd like to add on to that too a little bit, speaking about Delaware State. I was very, very surprised to see them as a seven seed. Nothing against them. You know, they have, they're, they've, they've got a great team. They've had a solid record. They've had a solid season so far, but I was sure that the, the bottom feeders in that conference were going to bring their SOR down. They finished the final, final SOR of 34, which usually would kind of project them into the eight, nine area. So I was very, I think I had them projected as a nine in my final bracketology and to see them as a seven, I mean, congratulations, that's awesome for them. But that was very, very surprising to me to see them get the, that little bump there at the end. So we, at this point, we're going to quickly touch on the, uh, the number of teams that made it, made this uh, bracket from each conference. And then we're going to come back to that slide. And I'll move it back to that slide and we will have a few coaches come on. So if you coaches want to raise your hands, if you're interested in, in coming on and speaking live, that way we know. Uh, you're interested in, and we can kind of start touching on, on that, but we'll probably close out um, the, the recording and the live show with, with interviews with coaches. But um, for those watching this, this uh, slide uh, shows all of the multi-bid leagues and how many bids each conference got. Um, and so for the, the listeners, um, the big 10 got six teams. They led the way the Atlantic 10, the PAC 12 and the SEC all got five teams. The ACC got four teams the American, the Big 12, the Missouri Valley, the Mountain West, and the WCC all got three teams. And then the Big East, the uh, Horizon, MAAC, the MAC, the, and OVC, and SOCON all got two teams. So those are all your multi-bid leagues. Again, we'll move it back to this slide uh, showing the, the bracket breakdown. 
Um, so yeah, if there's any coaches interested in speaking at this point, uh, let us know and we will we will kind of we'll bring you on now. I guess while we're while we're waiting for I'll just say I guess while we're waiting for coaches to raise their hand too. It's funny the the one team that we didn't talk about in this tournament or that we haven't yet in this bracket is Texas A and M as that six seed, but who won the regular season uh, conference uh, title with uh, in the SEC, but. It's just wild. A team that performs that well um, literally just goes overlooked. And it's partially because they end their roster rating is so much lower than you would expect from a conference title winner in the SEC. But, you know, again, if you believe in pedigree, uh, they, they have it in spades, given they ran through the gauntlet, having a bunch of great teams out of the SEC this season. Yeah. And I hate to see say, you know, that we'll see if a number six seed is for real, but I think that uh, if they if they beat Utah, then I think that that's going to be a huge a huge uh, thing from a signal for me that Texas A and M is definitely a team to kind of keep an eye on over the next few years. Let's uh, at this point, I'm going to start bringing coaches on. I think the first one to offer to come on was UConn's coach, so I'm gonna going to um, bring him in now. Ask him to unmute. So once he once he's available all right i think he's on coach how are you feeling about your draw as the sixth seed it looks like you have 11 seed wofford in the first round i am thrilled this seems like a pretty sick draw if you ask me um yeah uh, i would just like to say i think you guys do a fantastic job i don't really much say i missed most of the show um but yeah you guys kill it and i think i speak for the whole sim that like this totally enhances uh, the whole thing, but yeah, I look forward to uh, making the final four as a six seed this year. Hey, can I can I uh, make one suggestion to altering the format? Just going off script here because Wofford's coach did offer to jump in here on this chat, and you all are playing each other. So <laughs> oh, let's bring him on. Yeah. So yeah, if we want to bring both of you on. Maybe we can do like you know, oh yeah, that twenty four seven or something before boxing match. <laughs> so, like let's have you guys talk it out. I've brought yeah, go for it, yeah, Wofford. Yeah, I mean. um, Obviously, I feel like it is a tough draw for us uh, after a stellar season. I, I also jumped in late, but obviously seeing Chattanooga in the bracket means that I did not win the tournament. And so uh, I knew that that SOS was going to come back to haunt me and, and drop me down to an 11, even though, um, you know, I'd been projected up around the 8-9 game there for a while. So um, it is kind of a tough draw, and I feel like it, you know, anything can happen as a tournament, and uh, certainly our guys are going to come ready to play. But uh, – you know, to draw UConn, who is fantastic in their own right. Uh, just hope that, you know, we can get it done. Yeah, I'm looking forward uh, for that, you, to that uh, magic for sure. You have, a, you have a pretty decent chance. You'll have a pretty decent chance. I lost to uh, Houston down the stretch there and totally blew the regular season title. So uh, I'm not automatic wins. And the, the winner has Quinnipiac potentially to look forward to. I, I'm not going to necessarily put them in Sharpie past Vermont, but Quinnipiac is the weakest uh, three seed coming in at the 25th best roster in the country. So, I mean, the winner of this game between Wofford and UConn could definitely be a sweet 16 uh, appearance for, for either of you. I just, I, I want to say for, for to not Wofford's defense, but there is arguably no, team in the field who's who's maybe as battle tested given their their rosters talent given vmi was 
legit, I think almost three points better than your roster. And you both finished 15 and one in the conference. So uh, there's definitely a reason to believe. And yeah, this will definitely be one of the, the more interesting matchups to watch in the first round. I also want to throw in really quickly to, to Wofford's coach. Um, so, uh, you mentioned that you weren't here earlier. The reason why you fell so far to that 11 is because your, your team lost in the first round to Western Carolina. So I feel like if, if you guys, maybe if, if you would have gotten just one win, I think that it, you guys probably would have finished in the nine, the nine range probably. So that's, that's the biggest reason why you guys dropped down. You guys were a lock, but losing to Western Carolina did not help the seeding at all. And I feel like that's that's the beauty of the sim, right? I'm pretty sure I swept Western by probably an average of at least 30 points a game. And to, to drop to them, um, you know, the, the first round game is – it is what it is. You know, it's the sim, and that's what we love, uh, the upsets and things like that. So just hoping that that luck can be on my side this time. But, but as uh, I think Lafayette said, you know, um, I was projected second in the SOCON this year, obviously behind a very tough VMI team and, and – uh, Certainly my roster has, has, I would say overperformed, you know, basically based off the ranking. And um, I really tried to lean on my bigs. That's where my strength has been in, in my team. And so that's where I kind of pushed my sliders at the beginning of the year. You know, I don't know if that, how far that can carry us going forward, but um, this is my second at large bid in the tournament, uh, my second appearance. And, uh, you know, just kind of happy to be there and see where we can go. Well, good luck to both of you guys. I, we have about nine minutes left on this. I still want to get some more coaches on. So I think um, next would, that would make sense is Purdue's. Uh, they offered to come on, and they were the last team in as far as, um, I guess, the last the last team that was revealed as far as um, the, the teams that were on the bubble. So Purdue, do you have any initial thoughts on kind of the, the uh, anxiety you were feeling or, or your first-round matchup or anything like that? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yep, you were on. Yeah, so obviously in the in the Zoom chat, I put NIT bound as I was uh, the the last region reveal. Um, I pretty much thought I was out. Um, so definitely thrilled to uh, see see my name uh, slot in at the at the twelve line in the last region reveal. Just looking at that matchup, you're actually you have a slightly better roster than Wright State at the at, with the five seed. So. Um, you know, that's something to to hang your hat on, at least keep your hopes up for that first round matchup. And then potentially uh, just looking down the line a little bit, if you were able to get past either um, who is in next, you got 413 UCLA or North Dakota, you could have a, a rivalry game with Indiana potentially in Sweet 16. So that would be that would be pretty fascinating as well. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of mixed feelings here. Uh, so obviously I coached Wright State for the first, I think, seven or six or seven seasons of the sim. Um, and they've obviously uh, picked up the baton and, and kept, uh, kept things rolling uh, there. We actually played earlier this year in the uh, eighth game of the year and, and Wright State beat me by four, I think. Um, and if you actually look at my uh, results for this year, um, I, my record is completely mediocre. I think you guys said it was 16 and 14. And I have three double digit, losses out of the 14 losses and everything else was in single digits so pretty close games and then uh three of my wins were by single digits so i i if i won i was blowing out teams and if i lost i was losing by like seven points or less so i, I was really close to having a lot better record 
So I think that, um, you know, again, the record is, is pretty low, but I scheduled pretty tough. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, 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 the results, I don't think, uh, show how good, uh, the team, uh, we are. And, um, so I'm excited, uh, excited for revenge against Wright state. Probably if, if UCLA holds serve in their game, probably not beating them, but, uh, definitely looking forward to the, the tournament. And just as an FYI, I don't have any seniors and I went full development this year and I don't think anyone's leaving for the draft. So hopefully if things hold there, I should be in the hopefully top five next year. That's what I'm yeah, thinking. That's, that's quite a roster to look forward to next year. Uh, this is going to be some good postseason experience for those guys. And then, yeah, hopefully you can get those close, uh, you know, game results to flip your way for postseason play, obviously, I think your matchup with Wright State will probably be another quote, close one. Um, but good luck to you, Coach. Thanks for hopping on. Um, I also wanted to bring on, um, if he's still here, Minnesota's head coach, um, real quick. Hey, hey, Joe, while well, he's jumping on, I just want to quickly shout, shout the, the the value of scheduling tough. I mean, not to compare apples to apples, but, but pretty mentioned he scheduled hard in the non-conference. St. Joe's, as an example, had some really mediocre out-of-conference games. And even though they finished 10-6 and six in the 8-10, which got five bids, their SMR, again, was 78 going into the conference tournament. So for those folks who are able to get five decent games in the non-conference, it probably is in your best interest to start scheduling up. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a fantastic point. Um, so, yeah, I've got Minnesota's coach on live. If he, if he doesn't mind commenting on his team's outlook, I, I again, want to thank you for putting together these fantastic uh, graphics, the, the slide deck that the live audience is looking at. Um, this has been a fantastic addition to the show for sure. No problem. It was fun to put together. I do this kind of breakdown on my own just for fun. Anyway, so I was happy to share more of it with the broader community. But uh, the draws in eight seed, can't really complain being the 37th best roster, kind of middling um, non-conference play. I think I'd finished seven and five in my non-conference the last four seasons, no matter what I schedule. Um, but finished strong in Big Ten play, so I'm happy to end up at the eight line, especially on the other side of Lafayette and Washington. I played both them this year, and I barely beat Lafayette, and I got destroyed by Washington. So I'm happy I wouldn't have to see them until the Elite Eight. But um, we'll see if I can get by Eastern Michigan, who's been solid all year. Um, and because my team's going to be running, so we'll see if – I know they used to be a running gun offense as well a couple seasons back when they made a big run in the tournament. So, so we'll see how that, that matches up. And then maybe Alabama, if I can pull an upset and get one of those eight, nine crews into the sweet 16. I, I still haven't gotten over that loss and we're hoping we'll get you back at the barn in S10. I get you probably will. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Good luck to you, coach. Thanks again. Uh, looking forward to seeing how you do in the tournament. I think, yeah, that first round matchup will be a fantastic one to pay attention to very even evenly matched up. Um, and then I think either of you guys will have a, a decent shot to make a game with Alabama for sure. Um, I don't know if it would be a, uh, a heat check sim live show if we didn't bring on um, the head coach of Monmouth. So I'm going to do that next. This is the base, the most successful season they've had, I think, to date. They get a two seed this year. So I'll, I'll give them a little bit of time. We have uh, just over two minutes left, uh, coach. So. Um, let's try to keep it a little brief, but I but I do want to hear from you about your your, your yeah. We'll this year. make it about it as brief as our MAC tournament appearance was this year. Uh, <laughs> this this was a blast until it wasn't. Um, 
thing, things had so much optimism with how uh, I was going to be a one seed in the East and it all came crashing down. Uh, love the draw of Eastern Illinois. We've lost to double digit seeds in the NCAA tournament as a favorite already. Uh, love that draw. Don't love the draw of Michigan State. Don't understand how Indiana, who had uh, – sorry, I'm just bringing this up real quick. Indiana was a one seed. They play in the Big Ten, and they had – sorry, it's all over the place. They had six regular season losses. They get a one seed. Michigan State had six regular season losses. They end up a seven seed. You do the math on that. Again, conspiracy, selection committee holding back the mid-majors, continuing to make sure that we don't have a mid-major champion yet. Shout out to Lafayette, <laughs> two seed. What do they get? Oh, they get the three, they get a three seed Washington, third best strength of roster. Again, conspiracy theory. Quinnipiac, our Mac brethren, they're the three seed. What do they get? They get put in the the pot of death with Villanova and Virginia and Missouri and Arizona and cheating Connecticut and Delaware State as uh, the second scariest seven seed, which we thought it was insane that they're a seven seed. So once again, the conspiracy lives on against the mid-majors, but um, I just hope if it's not Monmouth, it's Lafayette or Quinnipiac or someone from a non-Power 5 conference that takes it down this year. Thanks for all you guys do. Appreciate it, Coach. Yeah, definitely interesting. I love hearing the perspective. Uh, yeah, definitely love rooting for the mid-major teams as well. Um, thanks again for everyone that helped. Matt, uh, Matt, Dave, uh, Coach from Minnesota, helped put this thing together. I feel like it was another successful uh, bracket reveal show. This one was um, even better than those in the past, in my opinion. So uh, thanks for everyone who listened. Um, that's going to do it for the Season 9 bracket reveal show. Um, looking forward to potentially doing something for season 10, but until then, good luck to everyone who made the tournament. I'm um, looking forward to seeing those results. Thanks a lot, Joe. Yep. Thank you very much.